What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Takeover with your girl, Shane McCray. And as always, y'all already know the vibe. We are inside the room with State Representative Brandon McGee. What's up, B? What's up? What's up? I hold am... up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Before you get into that, yo, kudos to you. Did you really have the governor of Connecticut repost our show? Like, let's talk well, about that. Just for context, so people can understand. <laughs> Um, we had, we had on last week's show, uh, the first African-American chief of staff, um, on our show to talk about his journey. That's Mr. Paul Mounds Jr. Uh, and it was kind of cool. You know, we posted our show, the governor retweeted it and reposted it on Instagram. It was very, very, um, exciting. Uh, but one of the things that Paul, he texted me after, he was like, now I have to live up to what I said on the radio. And that is, <laughs> I got to invite all of my friends to come back on. So other chiefs of staff uh, will be joining Paul Mounds awesome. at a later date on our show to talk about their journey of being the first. So while Paul is the first African-American in Connecticut's state history, he's also the first Black male across this country to serve awesome. in that capacity so yeah, it's kind of dope but but <laughs> right back at you i want to i want to <laughs> applaud you um miss shay mccray being recognized in forbes magazine um in an interview entitled keith how do you say keith's uh last name perrin Perrin, yeah, yeah, Perrin, um, and Shay McCray discussing how FUBU Radio is taking over and how um, accurate and appropriate the name of that article is. And your show is called what? Shay McCray. The Takeover Baby. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm extremely proud of you, Shay. Um, Thank you. The actress that you are becoming, the radio personality, the commentator. Um, you are doing all things well. And I, I really, Thank really you. enjoy Thank you. working alongside you. So, but we Thank we have you. a nice little show prepared today. Yes, we um, do. We're, we're going to talk a little bit about these outfits. Just put a pin there. We're going to talk about outfits, not yours, but Steve Hart. I was about to say, speaking uh, of outfits, I was so happy I had on clothes when he reposted the... Uh, <laughs> I had on a turn neck that button that zipped up all the way. I was like, yes, I had on clothes that day. But go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I, anyway. No, I no, just, no, I'm sorry. So, yes, outfits, Steve so, Harvey. Yeah, so we, Uncle we're Steve, talk about no. <laughs> Uncle Steve and his outfits. We're going to talk about historically black colleges and universities, the lack of funding, um, that they are receiving from the Biden-Harris administration. Talk a little bit about that and what that means. Yes. Um, and, you know, there are a few other things, but we do have an amazing guest inside the room today on The Takeover. And I am just so honored um, to have this person on. I have been following his Instagram page, uh, all of his content with respect to mental health. Um, now I know, and he can correct us on this, but I know mental health month awareness is like not until next year, maybe, I guess. But for me, it's become a bit more sort of in your face uh, regarding the importance of mental health, um, especially within um, black men yes. uh, in particular. And so I'm just happy he's on. Um, Shay, if you want to talk a little bit about his background, uh, yes. but he probably will introduce himself, but I just think it's important to talk a little bit about our special yes. guest that we have. 
Yes. Um, well, one of the things that that gets me with him, yes. Um, first, we're gonna talk about this name change because he was born something else, but we're not gonna get into <laughs> that. However, um, he he actually was given an athletic basketball football scholarship, um, and um, looks like he was charged with a distribution of dangerous substance, class two felony, which brought along the potential of facing up to 20 years in prison. Um, mm. He was kicked out of college, obviously, um, because, you know, with those type of grants and funding, you can't be um, a convicted felon with that. Um, so he lost his scholarship, but he was determined not to let this define him. So, um, I mean, through it all, and of course, going through this, there is some mental health challenges through this because you feel like you you let so many people down that was rooting for you. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. he broke through his mental barriers. And here he is today. Um, he's a licensed practicing therapist, as well as a life coach living out his purpose and to help others cross the path and, and with to break free of the mental bondage and manifest their best life. So that's what I love about it. Sometimes we... Um, a lot of times we allow our past or what we get into define our future and he didn't. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, without further ado, I think we need to just bring him on. Let's talk to him. Let's see how he did it. How did he come overcome these barriers so he can get the word out to teach others how to do this as well, because there are still men that's struggling with this There's a lot of men and women. Okay. But more uh, yeah, so men. Yeah, I would say, though, in his story, and I'm sure he's going to be able to unpack it a little bit more when we come back from a break, but like his ability to possess um, uh, or rather really commit himself to grit and persistence yes. and resiliency, uh, like going back to college and now he's he has his masters and like he's doing some amazing things um he'll share with you his platform and how to how to connect with him but again we have none other than they he calls himself barry b but we'll talk about you know his we'll name about that. okay um, okay I, his and name is kind of cool it. and it's why I, he changed I, it i, I know the, like i let, like let, the, his original name his birth name but we're getting just, to that let him <laughs> so, tell his story so you guys keep it locked don't go nowhere to take over What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Takeover with your girl, Shay McCray. As you may know, we are inside the room with State Representative Brandon McGee. What's up, B? What's going on? What's going on? I'm just excited that we're getting ready. We're already inside the room, but we're, I just want to be able to have this conversation on mental health, uh, talk about the importance of it. And I'm just glad to be back another week, you know? I know and glad week. that there are more people who are joining us now, and I'm sure, because my cousin and that cousin told another person make sure you download the official fubu radio app. we got something bigger we got look, look, we had the governor talk about make sure you download <laughs> <laughs> that we was did, big though. for me but no seriously we did. so right. um but i would like to welcome to the takeover um mr barry b how you doing sir i'm doing well i'm doing well i appreciate y'all having me on the show today of course, yeah. of course. But, um, you know, I got to pick with you a little bit before we move any further, okay? So, um, for one, I didn't know it was Black people at Omaha. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> on, only because they said to us in Connecticut, didn't know it was Black people in Connecticut. Secondly, you were born Peyton uh, wait. wait, wait. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's, look, 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 it's not uncommon. That's not uncommon. <laughs> Any, anytime I travel outside the state and I say, yeah, I'm from Omaha, they're like, oh, where the corn and cows are? Where is that? Like, what? Black people? 
No, seriously. And you and you look black. You know what I'm saying? You know. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you'd be surprised. Like we we actually got a city here. It's 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 touching. I think just just a little bit with like our suburbs. A little bit over a million people. So. Wow. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a tiny place, but it's wow. also not like a, a, a huge city. Either. Okay, okay. So yeah. you were born Peyton Hogan. Um, let's talk about the name change, Barry B. Yeah. So I, I guess Barry B's just like my, that's like my uh, social personality. You know what I mean? Like okay. as, as I came into like, I don't know, just this field uh, of online therapy, just kind of like separate the two and, and taking on a, a persona of Barry B like Barry B's the he's the healer but Peyton also does this stuff too um mm. and I mean the name is just kind of random I used to rap when I was a when I was a kid and, oh okay um, okay yeah, yeah but that wasn't even my rap name that wasn't even my rap name what was I your rap a, name uh I, I had a lot that that's a whole <laughs> nother, so, like, that's a that's a whole nother topic um so but I yeah, go ahead, so go Peyton, ahead. I meant not Peyton, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> Barry, yeah. Barry, um, you know, so when you talk about online um, therapy, online providing like that mental health resource, I know 2020 uh, threw us a lot of um, pain and a lot of stress and just reckoning with what was happening and still happening in America. I want to read to you a quote um, that was um, given by a poet. Prentice Powell, um, and it was following the fatal police shooting of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri. And it says, I quote, being a black man in America means being my brother's keeper. Being a black man in America means being my brother's keeper while keeping a distance from my brother because I don't trust him further than I can see him. It's believing the cops don't care about you. It's learning how not to doubt yourself because when you're both born, everyone else already does. So I know that is in the context of responding to the racism that um, exists in this country, but it also speaks to um, the importance of black men or men's mental health. And could you elaborate a little bit more as to like, you know, your story, how you got involved and why, why mental health, why counseling? Uh, I follow you again on social media and you are absolutely amazing. You give these tips um, and I apply them literally to my life or I share with other people. Uh, and just talk to us a little bit, you know, about your journey. Definitely. Well, first off, I want to say I'm, I, it's an honor, uh, one, to just know that like, the you know the work that i'm putting in and the the impact that i'm trying to create is reaching you know so i appreciate you um reaching out to me and bringing me on the show uh but to try to make my story like a long story short um i grew up grew up in like a, a middle class home um had two parents and then they they split up and it was a it was a bad split ugly split I had a lot of self-esteem issues growing up, a lot of self-confidence issues. I was a really fat dude. Like I was- Really? I was huge. Oh, what? Yeah. When I was in fifth grade, I was touching 200. 200 oh, wow. pounds in fifth grade. Yeah, I was I was big. I can say so, a lot of things. Look at Brandon's face. I'm, like, I'm just gonna keep it like, go ahead, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> you look great, by the way. Just thank keep you, going up. Thank you, thank you. Um, but that, that eventually led to me just like, you know, developing like some coping mechanisms. So like when I would get sad because I would get bullied for being fat, um, wow. 
yeah, I would. I eventually got tired of being sad and eventually got tired of crying. And so I started like channeling anger um, and started getting in things that could prove my toughness. You know, I, I got involved with, with, with gangs and with drugs at a very young age. Like at the age of 12, I was selling drugs all the way up until college, which is what led to my charges. Um, wow. I'm playing, playing, playing football, selling drugs. Got a uh, got snitched on. Had somebody somebody wore a wire. Somebody I thought I was cool with. They wore a wire. Yeah, and wow. uh, ultimately led to that whole situation that you explained. Um, but how I see it now is it was one of the biggest blessings of my life because mm -hmm. it it really it really made me kind of like sit back, reflect on my life. Forced forced reflection. I was forced into therapy. I was forced into these different things. But I got the opportunity of this thing called drug court. It was fairly new back in. It was, it was 2013, 2012, 2013. One of the you two. said drug core or job core? Drug court, drug court. Got it. So, like, oh, drug so, so in the Midwest, they were starting to roll out this program um, for convicted felons that had drug charges. And the mm. qualifications for it were you had to have a substance use disorder and you mm -hmm. had to have a mental health disorder. So, co a co occurring disorder. And I qualified. And it was a, a intense two year um, program where like they literally determine what your whole day looks like for the whole two years, all these different requirements, drug testing like five days a week, like all just all this different stuff. Um, but at the end of it, they seal your record and, and expunge it. So I, wow. I completed it, I completed it. I got my record sealed. Uh, nobody could ever look up my charges. If they wanted to, they would never know about them. Um, and so from that point forward, like going through that, I realized like I can literally accomplish anything, you know, because I never imagined that I would have to go through something like that. Um, and then also just all the things that I learned through it, like going to therapy, being forced to do that for a year and a half, um, all these different things ultimately led me to this field that I'm in now, because before then, all I saw myself doing was smoking weed and you know, chilling with so, the homies. So let me ask you, what what was your original sentencing? Uh, so I that we never made it to that part. I didn't have. To, I was going to try to take it to trial. I was going to try to because I thought I thought I knew it all. I was like, man, I could beat this, blah. blah mm -hmm. But I'm 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 guilty as ever. I'm guilty as ever. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember, like, I didn't have any money because. Uh, a few months before, this is crazy. This I was I was not in my right state of mind. A few months before, I got booked on some other charges. Um, I had I, possession of a quarter pound. I was traveling with it, <laughs> and uh, had to spend. I wish money everybody could see our face. We're like, whoa, <laughs> okay. I mean that. Yeah, yeah. But I got that. I got that bumped down through an attorney, and so like, out of cash, couldn't pay for an attorney for this next one. So I had a public defender. But my public defender went to bat for me. She's like, you know what? We're gonna try to figure this out. Blah blah mm -hmm. blah blah. And she and she's the one who found out about the drug court opportunity. Um, wow. All, so the case goes on hold until you go to this program, and then they come back and bring bring it back into court. Awesome, amazing. So, so is that available in every yeah. state? Um, okay. Well, no, I, I no no. I'm know. asking. No, good question. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I, that was a good question. Yeah, I, yeah, I want to know too. I Is mean, I know in, in over here in the East Coast, in the state of Connecticut, and I'm sure in Atlanta, Georgia, there are intervention type programs that will help sort of, you know, eliminate that next step of going to jail. Let's see if we can help this person. Because you were, I'm assuming, a first time offender. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. a first time, 
felony offender conviction. First yeah. Okay, because uh-huh. I was about to say. Yeah, you thanks for prior. clarifying. Yeah, thanks for clarifying. <laughs> yeah. I, I was cleaning up your record already. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Wow, that's amazing. So based on the history of what you're saying, we, we focus on mental health as an adult where we claim we should get help or see someone or seeking um, some type of counseling, but it really starts when you're a youth. Is that mm. where, um, which way you're pretty much going with it? I don't know. Cause that's, it seemed like it's your youth background that led up to where you, where you could have been facing the 20 years. Oh yeah, for sure. Like all of my, all of my happenings in my life, um, very early on kind of molded and shaped, uh, you know, just my outlook on everything. Like I said, I was a, I was a very angry child and my, Angle was rooted in it was rooted in pain and hurt um, and a lot of fear too. But Ooh. you know I'm I'm a man. I ain't gonna tell nobody that. You know, like if you mm. tell anybody that, like you soft and I couldn't be that. So my my question is a two part question and <clears throat> excuse me, we could you know answer this first one and then we'll take a break and you can you know answer the second question. But just along the lines of mental health um, supports for Black men. Um, my first question, you know, is why so many of us, because by the way, I'm black. Um, so many. Oh, of you us, are? I didn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> why, why so many of us? Um, and I'm sure this could be the case for all men. But today I'm, I'm talking exclusively about black men. Um, why so many of us are afraid? I'm not going to say that we don't Questions. want it. I'm, I'm asking, why are we afraid? Um, to go there and to and to seek the help that's needed to make us and help us to be a better person. And then I have a second one, but I can ask that on the other side of the break. For sure. So so I actually I'm actually published. I was on a research team um, and I think our article was in the American. What is it? The American Journal of Men's Men's Health. It, it, it was in there like this last June or May, mm-hmm. one of those two. Um, and we did we did our whole research um, topic on that. It was like, why, why, uh, uh, why do black men not seek out services? We're 20% more likely to suffer from some type of psychological um, disorder, but less likely to access the services there. And just like being on that research team, some of the things that we noticed are um, the like the representation in the field. You know what I mean? Mm. And like. And, and that that also is kind of what led me to become a therapist. Like I'm work, I was working with kids um, that were in the juvenile justice system mm-hmm. while I was finishing up college, and I was like, man, I relate to these kids, and I related on a whole nother level. And mm-hmm. I worked with people who didn't necessarily relate to them, and they would just be like, they're so bad, and they're this, and they're that, and why do you, why do you get to like why do you think it's okay to hang with them or talk with them like that? And I'm like, I just relate to them. You know, they mm-hmm. they felt comfortable with me. And so that's something that we see when it comes to mental health. Like we have a, I think as, as a black man, we have, and even a black woman, we have a completely different experience from what the, what the norm is when it comes to mental health. And so Mm. when I try to explain my, uh, my reality, it might not be received in a way that like, you know, shows like true understanding of that. Yeah. And that's what led me to this field because I can understand it. Wow. That's what's up. That's your, that's the true definition of um, 
just taking a job for the pay or taking a job for the passion and really wanting to help people. <laughs> no, seriously. Well said. No, well said. Because well <laughs> it is, and that's the problem that we're having right now. Uh, with that being said, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're gonna have hear more from Mr. Barry B. Keep it locked. It's the takeover. Welcome back to The Takeover with your girl, Shay McCrae. And of course, we are inside the room with State Representative Brandon McGee. And Mr. Barry B, I'm telling you, that is amazing. I'm not sure you guys heard the last break, but he talks about the passion of really relating and wanting to help the, the children that's um, in juvenile and so forth and dealing with mental health and not just seeing it as a job. Because I don't know about you, but... I want my pastor to probably have went to jail or something. You know what I'm saying? So I could understand. No, I'm dead serious. You know, those are the pastors I could relate to more. Not to say I've been in jail or nothing, but like Mm -hmm. who's been through it, who had struggles, real life struggles that you're preaching to. How could you tell me how to overcome an addiction and you Mm. have never even experienced it? You don't even know what addiction is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So thank you so much. Yeah, likewise. I, I, I appreciate um, your your comments on that and the work that you do and how intentional you are um, with connecting, you know, with with young folk um, who might be experiencing some challenges. Um, so like I, I said on the other side of that break, I wanted to ask you part two of, of my two part question. Um, and the first question that I asked for those who are just joining in, you know, why are so many men, in particular black men, um, are afraid of of therapy or you know just getting the help needed um, and of course Barry shared with us uh, from his very you know uh, research background why um, and my second part to the question and maybe you can just quickly just go over your response to the first question for those who just joined in but the second part is um do you feel that because you talked a little bit about not having enough people of color in the field who could really understand the culture um and um what am i thinking it's i liking it to teachers having teachers of color in our classroom right it's the same thing in this particular field having people who could understand the hardships of black men so do you think that treatment successful treatment uh types for black men um should be supported by traditional and innovative approaches or you know should we get rid of all of the traditional ways of supporting black men through therapy um, and treatment and really redesign what this mental health space should look like that would allow black men to feel comfortable you know, meeting with a therapist um, and getting the, the correct mental health support. I know it's a long question, but I That's guess- That's a great question though. It's like, seriously. I mean, I just don't understand <laughs> like, you know, the same approach to, that you have to a white man is it the same to a black person who in my neck of the woods, right? I don't know about Omaha, but the North end of Hartford <laughs> is different. Seriously, it's different from Avon, you know, Connecticut, which is a suburban neighborhood nothing against my Avon people, but I'm just saying, like, what's the difference? And I know he's looking like, let me process that yeah, long question. Yeah, I'm to- <laughs> <laughs> no, because you yeah, talked about, you talked about in your research, 
right, that you found that there weren't enough people of color in the space that would even lend itself to the, the comfortability of Brandon McGee wanting to get support from a therapist. Why? Because I don't see people like me and I'm already, shame on me, but I'm already judging like, you don't know where I come from. This is why it's easy for you, Barry, to go into juvenile justice yeah. uh, or, or, or uh, what is it called? Youth. Yeah. Youth what is it called? I was at a day reporting center, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, you get yeah. what I'm saying. Because they probably yeah. like, wow, he looked like us. You he know looked like mean? us. Yeah. Wearing his T-shirt, this T-shirt, you know, <laughs> looking like a bodybuilder. But he you know what I'm saying? I ain't want to talk about that, but you know. And he's speaking, he's speaking truth to power and he's Seriously. really providing hope, you know. So what, like, do, does the traditional or the innovative approach to supporting Black men wanting treatment which which of it works, or do, it, does it take a combination of of those types of treatments um, to well, support black men? Yeah, well, I, I say I say like there's no reason to to reinvent the wheel, but Got you it. can always make a better tire. You know what I mean? Like with 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 treatment, like treatment, the the biggest part in in any therapy or any therapeutic like relationship, they say that it it really doesn't matter what the treatment is. Um, any treatment can work. What's more important is the rapport that you're able to establish. If you can establish rapport with somebody, then you can really start to tap into their mental. But if there's no rapport, like everything that you're saying is either in one ear or out the other, or I'm already like, I'm like standoffish to you. Like, I ain't really trying to listen to what you're saying. You know what I mean? So the, the big thing, uh, no matter what type of like therapeutic approach is being used, um, rapport is essential. And, and you mentioned like when we have like teachers who don't represent like people who look like us, it's huge, it's huge. You you have teachers who who might live like here. My, my city is not much different from yours. I'm telling you, like we got the hood. Like I live in the yeah, hood. Yeah, I got I the hood I'm, too. Yeah, I'm in, the, I'm in the hood. I, I live in the I hood. Know that's like, right. I, be I believe it, me I too, me too. You know what I'm saying? And, it, and it's like, we got we got teachers who are in the hood who live in the suburbs teaching these kids and, mm -hmm. and labeling them as uh, either putting an IEP, slapping an IEP on them because you can get an extra $20,000 per IEP. And then that follows them for the rest of their life. And then they, they're sending them to ISS or after school or whatever, because they have behavior issues or they're not learning correctly. And it's like, okay, you would understand why this kid isn't learning correctly, or you would know how to, um, you would know how to approach these kids and get different results if you actually lived here. If you actually understood where they was coming from, one of my homies, he's a he's a teacher at a middle school, and, and he's from the mud. You know what I'm saying? He's from the mud, and he's won. I think he's won teacher of the year the last three or four years in a row at his school. Wow! Wow! Yes. Yeah, so it. But it know, goes back to how you started. It's all with the rapport, building relationship, um, and trust. Um, and so, ha having having said that, how does one? Um, get in touch with you since you provide online services. What's the best way? Do you have social media? Which I know you do, but please share it with folks um, yeah. so that. Yeah, Go ahead. People, yeah. 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 People can reach me at my Facebook. It's Barry B. That's B A R R Y B. His stage name, y'all. Yeah. Stage name. Say, y'all don't, don't reach out to my government and you won't get nothing back. You won't. Um, <laughs> and it ain't nothing personal, but you just won't. Um, but Barry B, like the B, so B-E-E -E on Facebook, but then on Instagram, TikTok, um, all of those other platforms, it's therapy with Barry B. 
Um, and that's what types of service, what type of services do you provide? Like, what does it look like? Is it free? Does insurance pay for it? Um, what's your clientele? Are you working with young people or just all people? Are you only working with black men? Like help us understand so that our audience understands the importance of it and have the resource readily available to them. Yeah. So I, I don't discriminate, uh, with my clientele. I got couples i have older couples i have older clients younger clients kids i i have everything like i'm I, my clientele is a buffet you know what i mean you get a little bit of everything in there um as far as pay i don't do insurance i do private pay and slide and scale so my pipe nice. my private pay my private pay is actually pretty pretty low compared to what most insurance co-pays are and i did that on purpose so people could have more access um, and I just rather not deal with insurance. It's a whole nother headache in a box. What about system referrals? Like say if a juvenile system or program refer to you, do you take payment from them or is that something that they, you know, you're funded for? Yeah, no, I just payment from them. So I'm, I'm, I'm solo dolo really with, okay. with what I'm doing. I have a partner, but we're, we're solo dolo. It's all me. Okay. Okay. That's good. Now, did you see an increase in utilage of your service during the pandemic? Oh, yeah. Great question. Yeah. I mean, especially so, from children. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I would say, um, actually, when the pandemic happened, I saw services decrease. I saw really? service services decrease. I think a lot of people, um, a lot of people didn't necessarily know what they were experiencing when the pandemic happened. You know, um, mm. I think on on one hand, people were happy, like, Yo, I don't got to go to work. I got this check coming in. Like, you know, I'm cool. But then when things started to open back up, that's when you really, I really at least saw like an influx because now the checks stopped. Um, like talks about the, the eviction notices is coming, like all. And I think that's where things started to come back and people trying to figure out like what this normal is now because for... I remember for like six, seven months, especially with kids, the normal was I don't got to go to school. And then all of a sudden I got to go back to school and I got to sit in class and I got to listen to a teacher. Not I me. I got two kids. You have you have two as well, right? I got like five, man. Okay. Well, yeah. well praise the praise the I Lord. I know that's right. <laughs> but yeah. I was like, look, Barry. It's right, right up there. Oh, yeah. It's nice, kinda small, nice. Yeah. It's kind of small, I, yeah. So I, for me, I was like, okay, so when is this over? Because I have a two and a four-year-old, and yeah. Um, yeah. So thank, thank <laughs> God for teachers and daycare and everything else. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was. Well, for me, it was a bit I, much. I, I, I did yeah. go through um, during the pandemic because, for one, I was alone and concerned why I was alone. Alone, but it was a I was able to open up my mind to see things different. So I came up out of the pandemic in a different mindset. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mentally um, stable versus when I went in. That's a good. So, yeah. yeah, that's dope. Yeah. That's dope. So, well, so. I, it forced me to it forced me to reflect a little bit more and appreciate everything I have. Oh my god, everything. Um, and I have a lot, and so yeah. I'm just like, you know what? But it, 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 this is turning into a session. I think we're going to have to pay him. La, la, la. Um, yeah, I, I, I was going to say, let me, let me run that card real quick. 
said, I'll have to pay you. So I, I ain't going to be one of those cousins and get that free service. Uh, but again, tell, tell the people how to, how to connect with you and to utilize your services. If you also have a website, share that as well. Um, but this has been amazing, man. Just shedding light on like your story, your work, um, but also the importance of mental health is is huge it's huge so Definitely. share Definitely. share again how to how to get in touch with you and anything yeah, else facebook at barry b and that's like the, the little b the bug b-e-e -E. um instagram TikTok at therapy with barry b also follow my youtube as well i post a lot of content on there in regards to mental health manifestation um and things of that sort just creating our best lives because i want to see everybody be able to create their best lives and that's therapy with barry b too and then you can also tap into my psychology today profile that's where you got to enter my government name peyton hogan just type that in on google you'll find me you'll find me all right i started to when i went to go do the research i was like i'm not looking up barry b i'm looking up peyton hogan <laughs> that's who i'm looking up but um before we Wait, go one last question but, <laughs> yeah i i got a comment so you can end off. Let me ask this, Shay. So you got a new tagline. You switched up your, your brand a little bit. You have like this lead in that you do. Can you do that really quickly after <laughs> Shay asked her question? Cause we use that for some promo as well. But yeah. I just think it's it's really amazing what, what you've been able to do. And you do all of your, your branding and recording and- All of it, all of it. Right. So my question right. question is simple. Do you provide, do you do um, um mental health workshops? That's it. Hmm. Um, I, I don't necessarily do mental health workshops. Um, I do have a, a, a course though. So like I have a coaching course, okay. course, it's eight weeks, um, three times a week. My next session is actually starting November 2nd, um, where I literally help individuals like just transform from their lives nice. completely. I've had wow. countless people go through this course and go through these skills that I teach and come out on the other side, like feeling like two, three times the person they were when they started. So awesome. no workshops, but I do have a course. Where can they sign up for the course? Oh, they just reach out to me directly. Go to one of my social platforms and, and plug in with me and we can see if you'd be a good fit. Awesome. Yeah, he's Thank very responsive. So Thank now you. do that, do your do your lead in. What's that thing that you do? What's you, like when what you, you start talking? when you start your videos, you always lead in with the same sort of affirmation. Oh, um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's good on my conscious creators, curators, and cultivators, baby? That right there? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. But do it. <laughs> that's a, that's do a it. mantra. Do it one more time so the people can actually hear you and understand the words that you're saying right. and how powerful it is. I got you. What's good on my conscious creators, curators, and cultivators? There we go. And I say it like, I. this is real to me. You know what I mean? Like I'm putting that out into the atmosphere for people to mm -hmm. like actually believe in themselves. Cause I believe in myself. I literally created this life that mm -hmm. I have right now. It didn't have to be this way. And everybody else can do that too. So when they watch my video, they're like, yeah, I am a, I am a conscious creator. I am a curator and a cultivator. You know, I want to inspire people. And I'm such a believer in that. On my bio, it starts with Shay McCray believe that you can manifest your own life. And I told, like, I really believe that. Like, I created this life. I didn't sit down and it came to me. I created it, manifested it, and worked hard for it. So thank you again for joining us, Barry B. It was a pleasure. Your thank you um, story so much, is man. amazing. And um, yeah. I'm just happy to provide a platform so you could be heard. And um, you guys, make sure y'all look him up. Does he do? Yeah, therapy with Barry B, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all that. Yeah. All right, keep it so, locked. It's the takeover.
Welcome back to The Takeover with your girl, Shame and Pray. And of course, if you're just now tuning in, we are inside the room with State Representative Brandon McGee. And you had an amazing guest, Barry B. Yeah, uh, Barry. Awesome. Better, better, or as known as Peyton Hogan. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> was, was absolutely um, just solid in terms of the information he shared. Yes. And, you know, and, and, and the importance of turning your story um, into purpose, uh, and it, whether your story is bad, um, or, or just an inconvenience, he yeah. turned that thing into something very powerful and able to give back to so many. So yeah, man, that, that, that was dope. And that, that goes back dope. to my caption really um, that I wrote under the Forbes magazine, you know what I'm saying, article. Um, and it's, it talks about, as I sit and reflect, I just thank God for taking control of the career he purposed me for. When you allow yourself to align with purpose for your yeah. life, there's just some of many blessings that come. So like he said, we think he in his mind, he think he was supposed to go on a scholarship with football, but no, God said, no, uh-uh, a little detour. Let me show you something. And let me show you what else you're supposed let to do. Let me show this you. Is, this is what That's you need. To, you need to go through this so I can show you this on the other side and that's just mm-hmm. kind of how he presented it to him sometimes we have to go through those trials you know what i'm saying to reach to, to reach that t- triumph it's just what yeah. it is and sometimes and you could be in the midst of it and be like why am i life like this but don't never question him you can't. never ever you know? look at that pastor shay mccray on the table no, do no. no but what first i mean lady. I, I mean his <laughs> first lady i'm sorry first lady but I, I just you know his story starting at 18 you know having an ath- athletic football scholarship and going to college and just and then all that had been quickly turned around but again snatched from you. you know because that was his plan not god's plan that's what we felt that was the that's actually yeah. a perfect example of how it is that's your plan this wasn't god's plan you know what I'm saying? Yes. So, it is but he came it out is. on top. He came what? out on top. So y'all make sure to follow Barry B. Barry B. on Facebook, as in B-E-E. And then everywhere else, uh, therapist Barry B. on all social media platforms for more information and to even utilize his services, uh, yeah. his online counseling services. Uh, yeah. So y'all y'all take advantage of that. And there's, there's part two of this conversation on um, mental health. Uh, so we have another guest. Uh, that will be joining us in weeks to come. And and we're just really going to unpack, you know, the importance of mental health. Well, thank Um, you for bringing light to that, especially being a male. And, you know, we just need to just bring it out and just let them know it's okay. You know, yeah, yeah. So in the news as of late, um, there's a lot happening. Uh, But in particular, you know, as, as an alum of, the Alabama State University located in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, I have a special affinity and love for historically black colleges, universities, um, and the Biden-Harris administration um, has been all over social media, um, getting a lot of backlash from HBCU alum uh, and others Um, in response to, you know, this idea that, you know, Biden is cutting funding to HBCUs from $45 billion to $2 billion, um, according to an uh, Associated Press report. Um, And folks just clapped back. And when I tell you they clapped back, they went back because it's like you ran on this promise. You ran on being committed, Kamala Harris, uh, to historically black colleges and universities. And as an alumna uh, of 
uh, Howard University, why would you go back on your word? There are also articles and not fight for it. There are also articles that, you know, suggest, you know, um, that's misinformation. And so the Biden administration, they did release an article saying, you know, we're refuting the misinformation that promulgated over social media and in Republican circles. Yeah. Um, Which the article I read. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. The article I'm reading on HBC 24 is that no, there are no proposed funding cuts for HBCUs in Biden's bill. There you go. Back, back better plan. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, hopefully that's true. And, you know, as a sitting politician, sometimes it requires some pressure from outside to help folks remain true to what they said. And so kudos to everybody on social media. And I also want to publicly thank um, Bishop uh, Jamal Bryant, um, who is the pastor of a very large church uh, in the city of Atlanta or the city of Georgia. Um, And, you know, I just, uh, city of Atlanta, excuse me, I do know my geography, city of Atlanta. um, And, you know, a person who has been fighting on the front lines for a long time, Jamal Bryant took his his advocacy to social media and, and applied pressure, you know, alongside so many others. So I'm hoping that this is not true and that the 45 billion with the B billion dollars uh, that was promised to HBCUs uh, will be fulfilled. Um, so that's a scary cut. Yeah. Yo, who are you telling? Very Who scary. are you telling? What could you know, happen so, with that? You know. <laughs> so, Miss, you know, Madam Vice President Kamala Harris, an alumna of uh, Howard University there in D.C., please honor what you said um, and advocate for the funding needed to keep the doors open of many of our Black um, institutions in higher ed. So... We'll keep you posted on that. We will keep you posted on. Yeah, we got. I know, I know you're gonna follow that story. We'll be oh, back yeah. up on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Quick update though on the eviction, and then I know we got to get up out of here. Any any updates on the eviction? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are so many people on local levels, um, you know, just really struggling as we near the end of um, the resources provided to renters. Um, there, there are new programs being introduced in many of the states, um, thanks to the Department of Housing, Urban Development uh, there in D.C. Um, they've released in Connecticut, I would say, $123 million to support homeowners. Uh, so wow. those individuals who have fallen on hard times as a result of COVID, they too can apply uh, to the government to receive some relief. Uh, So I'm really excited about that. But, you know, what's really concerning um, for me, at least, is those individuals who still have not found a place to lay their heads. Um, They've been evicted. um, And it's just it's it's a lot of unfortunate situations that's happening out there. So many of my colleagues and I have been working on a joint letter to send to the president um, of the United States. Uh, and the secretary of HUD um, outlining the importance of a continued funding system to support um, homeless populations, traditional homeless and non-traditional homeless, but nonetheless homeless 
populations throughout this country. So wow. stay tuned um, for that. Um, I'll also Shay be in Atlanta uh, in the coming weeks. Um, there will be a national conference uh, coming to Atlanta. Uh, so I can't wait because I we're going to have either. some really, really great <laughs> interviews uh, with some of the top black officials throughout this country. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. But can we talk about Uncle Steve and a few Uncle other people? Uncle Steve be doing it. Only thing I can say is this. Marjorie, Auntie Marjorie had my shoes on. Those YSLs with the feathers on. Those I have those. I have those, yeah. So I was a little black. Two people sent those to me like, oh, Marjorie has your shoes on. Okay, you know, okay. Anyway, uh, Uncle Steve, like, I mean, she got him out of the big cuffs, the big bottoms and, you know. No, she- I don't think, I'm not giving her credit. I love her, but I'm not giving her credit. We have to give credit to where credit is due. And that, what's that young man? It's the young man that's dressing him, his new personal stylist? assistant. Oh, or, okay, okay. Yeah, his style, his stylist. I'm thank you, his <laughs> stylist. Um, uh, first of all, they had him on the shade room, but we ain't gonna go there. But yeah, so they, I cannot think of his name. I think his name on Instagram is Ely, E L L Y. Oh, okay. Um, design and and fashion wardrobe stylist. Um, but he's locked into Steve Harvey and Tyler Perry. Uh, so, you know, he's making some good money. I can Maybe see the resemblance get... in the, their stressing style. Yeah, same here. Now that you um, say that, makes sense So, now. So they had on the Shade Room, which is so funny. I got a good laugh out of it. Um, Steve Harvey in his latest outfit. Um, and <laughs> it's basically a bunch of Photoshop's of his outfits compared to like um these uh superheroes um it, it so was the, the squid the... game uh <laughs> emoji for me i mean not emoji mean oh, mean for me i mean really yeah. oh god so y'all if you're on instagram and you follow the shade room please just go to their page if you want a little laugh but let me tell you something uncle steve is coming through with his outfits and i would wear every single one of them I know that's right. Hold up. Before we get up out of here, Kevin Samuels, what's up with that? What's up with that? And your boy, your boy commenting on him, Andrew, Andrew Caldwell, not playing, said, well, the men that said that they messed, that you messed with, I don't know. We'll talk about that later. We're talking. We got time. We got time. (laughs) I mean, Kevin Samuels, who um, considers himself an influencer, which he is. Um, but he considers himself a lifestyle coach. Um, on Instagram, he's known for his um, his lives, um, Instagram lives, where you know he's talking about these very um, explicit subjects, all dealing with black women on how they can be better, yada yada yada. And he, you know, it, it's a bit much. So, <laughs> Mister, you know I am. It's the question for me. Uh, what but do wait. you offer a man that you have never given to any other man? But go ahead. Oh, wait, I'm just trying to give the back the backdrop. So, Mister, I am delivered. Delivered. Okay, his <laughs> name with the T. His and that's his. That's his tagline, Mister Andrew Claudwell, who became a sensation some years ago after um, in the church community being delivered uh, from from homosexuality and that became like this big old Facebook post 
and he's been riding that since. And so uh, in his own right, he's become his own influencer. And he's kind of calling Sean, Sean, he's calling Kevin Samuels out as essentially being a misogynist, you know, um, a person who, you know, how you telling people about their doings and you got your own stuff that you need to clean up. So nonetheless, very interesting. And I am just like, bruh, Kevin, for real. It was the video with the butt in the car saying Big Shirley couldn't fit in this car. And that was kind of wrong. That was body shaming. And I guess mm. he has a pattern of doing this and that's what makes it not right with him. And I get it. If you want to give women real advice on how to be a better woman to successfully keep a man, you you should leave out the body shaming. You know, that is uncalled for. It really is. So we'll, we'll recap on that next week because I'm pretty sure more going to hit the fan. He's probably going to have an answer. He, he's he probably gonna have an answer okay so you guys we appreciate you y'all make sure y'all like us official fubu radio fubu radio on facebook follow me shay mccray brandon brandon mcgee that's you know brandon he, he got it whatever it's <laughs> underscore blmj underscore on instagram y'all help me get to ten thousand. thank you shay Thank You're you. welcome. All right. We yep. appreciate you guys for tuning in. Y'all already know the vibes. We're here on FUBU Radio, baby. 